I think too many people are actually basing getting to know someone on texting. What a fucking waste. I will die on this hill. The texting, that has been like my cross to bear and I have been ripped to shreds on some of these videos. Texting to me is kind of the end of romance. Listeners, viewers, people, we're out here. And today I'm so excited um, because uh, we're going to talk about something all of us struggle with. Struggle with in the <laughs> deepest parts of our being. <laughs> today we're talking to dating coach, dating influencer now. Yeah, sure. I know. I know. And podcast host Sabrina Zohar. Her podcast, Do the Work, is an amazing resource. If you're trying to expand your conversation around dating, heal some things, get some knowledge, get some tips, not feel crazy. Uh, <laughs> her podcast is an amazing resource. There's a ton of episodes like already backlogged on there. I've been listening back to them. Um, so get in there, check out her podcast, do the work. And I'm so happy to have you here, Sabrina. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Devin. Can I just hire you to be my intro at all times? Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it, but I'm so excited to chat. Yeah. So you somehow popped up into my algorithm uh, as happens these days. <laughs> and I got to see you just delivering some blunt dating advice, which I resonate with deeply, I think is so valuable right now. And I see why uh, everything you're doing uh, seems to be growing. Like it makes sense to me. It's needed right now. Thanks. So my first question for you, Sabrina, is why is dating so hard? Oi, okay. <laughs> All right. So this is the one question we're going to just talk about the entire podcast. Exactly. Exactly. We'll answer no others. I think, I think there's a... There's a reality that we kind of need to face. There's, I've been talking to a lot of people of different ages and trying to understand, okay, is it the apps that ruined things? Mm -hmm. Is it social media? Is it blah, 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 blah. The difficulties that we're having aren't necessarily that different than the difficulties that people were having before the technology. We're just now reshaping it, if you will. Okay. Because I think we all look at our parents' generation and see, wow, okay, divorce was happening really, like divorce was huge and it was really prevalent and people were getting married young. So it's like, okay, that was not a positive thing necessarily because what did we see like hey the institution of marriage is now being like completely revolutionized emotionally or um, ethically non-monogamous is becoming a thing like we're redefining what relationships look like yes so it's with the negatives of all of these things also come the positives because in my opinion personally i think dating apps aren't inherently bad. I think it's that people need to be better buyers on them and yeah. need to understand that it is an inorganic amount of people that you're going to meet in one place that are single. And I think a lot of people have lost the 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 ease of just being able to go into a bar and talk to somebody because it's like, we are all glued to our phones. We are all staring at them half the time. I watched a guy just before this at lunch walk into a door because he was on his phone. <laughs> so like, realistically- So the chances he'll come up to a woman and ask her out are, in person, are low. Slim to none. Yeah. Did you even see the new Bumble ad? It was a girl at a party. She saw the guy, swiped on him, and then kept going. And it's like, I'm sorry. So you couldn't walk your ass up to this person and have a fucking conversation because you're so terrified of rejection? Mm. Mm -hmm. that we're so sensitive. So I think there's been this like strange upheaval. We're going through all these things. Like women are coming out in all these different ways and men are going, I don't know what the fuck to do anymore. Girls yeah. are saying, am I masculine? Am I feminine? Blah. What's happening? TikTok, Instagram, bullshit, clickbait, <laughs> all of this stuff keeping you single. But where are the positives? I think the aspects that's positive here is that as 
women, men, theys, whatever you identify as, we now have the opportunity to actually choose somebody that would be beneficial for us. We don't have to marry the first person that we met when we were 21 because, eh, well, there's no one else. Where am I going to meet somebody in Kentucky? I'll just go with this guy and then get divorced after four years or having kids or being in a narcissistic relationship. For sure. So I think with all the negatives, there are also a lot of positives. Definitely. But I'd love to also hear... Why do you think dating is difficult as somebody who's in the field right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, L.A., I hear it from <laughs> a lot of people, right? Like, L.A., the dating scene is so rough because no one wants to settle down is what I hear like a lot of women say. And I'm on the other side of it as a man, kind of like, yeah, you're kind of <laughs> right. <laughs> you're kind of right. Like, I'm a young enough man pursuing a career that isn't where I want it to be yet, it takes up a ton of my bandwidth is what I'm creating while also maintaining community, friendships, family, right? Like all that. So that's a ton of my bandwidth already. On top of that thing you said of like, I, I think about often like, oh, if I was in a small town, like, and I just met someone fucking great, it would be so much easier to just shut it all down and like dive into this. But I'm, I'm living in a time and a life that's so dynamic and a city that's so dynamic. The thought of settling down is really like not at the forefront of my mind. 100% not so your priority. It not, yeah, it's not. And that's so tough because then, you know, I end up in the word uh, situationships, you know? Oh. You know, like it, I, it ends up there or like whatever, casually dating. Yeah. But I'm also... I'm also a, a really intimate person. Like I'm an I'm an artist, an actor. I like dive deep with people immediately. So I casually date, but also get to know on a really intimate level. And these two things sometimes seems at odds. However, I have grown enough and continue to try to, to be like really clear about my communication and as fucking honest as I can be. Um, and as self-aware as I can be, because I really, I know I'm in a non-committal place most of the time, and I really don't want to, like, leave a, a wake of heartbreak behind me. Like, that sounds fucking awful. 100%. So, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of why it's, uh, yeah, I just hear a lot of women say the thing of, like, oh, every guy doesn't want to settle down, and I know there's a version of it that's so fucking toxic. Yeah. I've seen it in some men. Yeah. Where I'm like, yeah, no, you're just kind of toxic and kind of like shitty to these people and like using these human beings like that shit's frightening. And then I also know my own version where I'm like, fuck, it's not coming from a toxic place. It's just coming from this time in my life. And the, well, the differentiating factor here is the communication that yes. you are being honest. It's because that's where a fuck boy comes in because I, I hear this every day. I don't understand. When we were on the date, he like, there's this, oh God, there's this one creator and he was like, you want to know how a guy likes you? And I was like, please tell me. <laughs> Two videos. One was, now you tell me the validity here. One was in the morning after you hook up, he doesn't ask you to leave immediately. And I was like, I'm, I don't want to slut shame myself, but I've had many a mornings. And let me tell you, I've had brunch. I've met family. I've met friends. I've never seen the motherfucker again. Yeah, yeah. So that is not yeah. an indicator. But the other one was, he, the, the guy says, he'll kiss you on the forehead instead of on the lips. 
And the, the problem is because then I get those girls going, I just don't understand. When we're together, he kissed me on the forehead and he was so lovely. And it's like, no, like you said, I'm an intimate person. I want, I'm not going to treat like a goddamn brothel. This isn't like come in, fuck, get out. It's we're going to have a nice time. We're going to have a nice night. That doesn't mean that we're building a relationship together. Exactly. That means we're enjoying these moments together. Exactly. But if you're being honest. Now, let me ask you a question. I love how now that all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm frightened now. And now all of a sudden. <laughs> welcome to Sabrina Zohar and Devin's podcast. <laughs> Welcome to me guesting on Do the Work. Do you <sighs> find, though, like that a lot of people try to change your mind or try to prove differently? Or do they actually listen to you when you say, hey, it's not going to go anywhere. Let's just have some fun. Because I get the girls going, no, 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 I'm going to change him. And I'm like, good luck with that one. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm clear enough with who I am that I haven't had anyone in a, in a while like try to change, not try to change yeah. my mind, but have they hoped I hoped it would you know I think there's a difference like not tried to manipulate or drama me into changing or any of that but I I do understand like there is a natural thing that I think we can't help I think it is supposed to happen when you're spending intimate time with someone that wants to expand I think that's part of like nature and and feminine nature both in men and women like yeah. that intimacy that love like you do it consistently enough it's going to naturally want to expand and it's weird uh just Juggling that if if I can't, but communication is the way. So uh, lately, no, people aren't trying to change it. Uh, in the past, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay, listeners, let's hear from today's sponsor, Rocket Money. I'm a huge fan of this service, and I think you will be too. Do you struggle with keeping your finances organized? Do you struggle with knowing what's coming in each month and what's going out and how many subscriptions you have and what bills you need to pay on what card? Do you leave it all automated but then kind of forget what's out there? I'm saying this as someone who does this. I've left my finances to be ambiguous for way too long. And Rocket Money allows it to all be right there in front of you. You link your cards, your bank accounts, you see all your subscriptions and all your bills right there in one easy to use interface. This allows you to know, what am I spending? Do I need to actually cut some of my subscriptions? And they make it easy to cancel. Um, you know, am I am I spending too much? Am I, is not enough coming in? All these things. Oh, do I have this bill to pay? Oh, I forgot about that card. I forgot about that subscription. Like, this is how we grow up our money. This is how we grow up our finances and our financial freedom is getting clear on what we're doing with our money. I, for one, have definitely lost money uh, forgetting about subscriptions. There's one time on Ned's where we were all playing World of Warcraft for a while, and then I deleted it because I was done with the game. And what I didn't realize was that deleting the game off my computer didn't cancel my subscription to the game. Turns out I paid for World of Warcraft for three years, three years with it not on my computer before I caught it on my credit card statement. I don't even want to tell you how much it was a month. It was a lot of money and I am a fool. And that wouldn't have happened if I was using Rocket Money. Listeners, I cannot recommend Rocket Money enough. It's time we grow up our finances. It's time to get clear on our spending, our budgets, our subscriptions, all of this. Rocket Money has made it easy and it's not expensive to use their very good service. Stop wasting money on things you don't use, like my World of Warcraft subscription. 
cancel your unwanted subscriptions, and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash growing up. That's rocketmoney.com slash growing up. Rocketmoney.com slash growing up. Thanks to our sponsors. And now back to the show. Like, there's pitfalls that I, I think I'm through now uh, from my early dating life that, like, I used to not get. Uh, one of them that I think some of you girls do out there is called being the cool girl. Oh, the cool girl. You mean the girl that doesn't exist actually in Ex real life? Exactly. She's, oh, the cool girl. The cool girl. You know, like, hey, I'm not looking for anything serious, but we can hang. And they're like, yeah, no, totally, totally. That's, yeah, no, no, I'm cool. That's, yeah. that's what I want too. That's totally cool. What are needs? Oh my God, needs. Yeah, what are boundaries? Have... I'm mm -hmm. so good. And it's like, and what ends up happening <laughs> is that cool girl ends up being a cute little mask that causes then so much disruption between because you can't be authentically yourself. They're not being authentically. Then you feel like an asshole because you're like, I don't understand. I communicated this with you. And we talk. Yeah. We, you talk. Well, you said it was good and now I'm the bad guy? I've been like on a, on a, on a hill at this point, trying to get people to really listen of like, yes, of course, when you're in a relationship, it's super important to look at both people's needs. Of but course. because most of the people that I interact with are in the dating phase, like the very early yeah, stages yeah. of dating, it's important to identify your own needs. And so like, if I were to go out with you, I think so many women would be terrified if somebody's like you said, if we were out on a date and you said, yeah, I'm not interested. And I, or like in, in a relationship and my response would be, oh my God, hey, totally get it. But I am, I just don't think this is gonna work. Let's just like keep it as a friendship. That is me setting a boundary, me honoring myself, me knowing what I want. That scares people because they're like, oh my God, no, but like, what if he thinks I'm this? And it's like, I'm sorry, do you care what they think about you or do you care what you think about you? Facts. I would also love that. I'd right? be like, awesome. Thanks for the clarity. Cool. Yeah. And also, if you're going to build a relationship, even that is better, that's a better start to a relationship than a lie. Completely. There's like one, there's like one dating coach I see on Insta all the time. And he's like, don't ever ask a man what, if he wants a relationship or what kind or what his intentions are. No, that sounds pathetic. And I was like, I'm sorry. So what? So the cool girl. So yes. now we have to enter in and go, okay, I'm not going to ask him because I don't want him to be uncomfortable because he's going to lie. Right. Because men can't be honest, honest and tell you like what you just said. No, yeah. I'm not interested in a relationship. Yeah. It's the type of thing of like, you won't get it until you ask. I learned, I grew up in a household, narcissistic father, people pleasing mother. Yep. It was cliche, like no boundaries. God forbid you ask. My dad was abusive verbally, physically. Like it was just like, it was that fucking type of childhood. Yeah. So I grew up never understanding how to express myself and say, so Devin, tell me, what is it that you're looking for in a relationship? How'd your last relationship end? And what did it teach you about yourself? Yes. Terrified of those things. But yet, wanting depth. So you can't want something so bad, but then be terrified to step into your power in order to get what it is that you want. Yep. Never gonna happen. You know that as well as I do in our career. We've had to do that. All the time. All the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm hoping now in the relationship sector, if anything that people take away is that just because, yes, are there shitty people in LA and in New York and in Miami and in Texas and in fucking Kentucky and in Arizona and everywhere, there's always going to be t people that are inauthentic and yeah. lying to you and doing it for self-fulfilling reasons. But even then, unless they're like raging sociopaths or serious narcissists, very rarely is it out of malice. Yep. So I want more people to understand as well, like if you show up in a certain way, just because somebody else isn't able to show up doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. That just means it's not a connection. Yeah. And like take care of your needs. Take care of your needs, especially with a new person because they're not going to know your needs. So you must be aware of what you need and communicate them baseline to yourself. 100%. I'm a recovering uh, people pleaser and recovering codependent lover, right? Mm. Had no boundaries, mm. had no needs. My needs, I didn't 
needs. What? Why would I have needs? No. Your need. You, you, you yeah. know, your need. Let me take care of you. Why, why should I have needs? And then all of a sudden it's like, why am I in this lopsided relationship that has no fucking boundaries or balance? Oh, because of me and my actions. Got it. Well, that's the biggest thing. Like, so I work with a lot of anxious attachers and it sounds like you might've had that, like, you know, I don't, are you familiar with attachment I, styles? I am, okay, cool. but not all of our listeners will be. Cool. And so you, yeah. let me, let me educate if I may. Yes, please. So we've got, so the attachment styles are how you attach to your caregivers growing up. And so that's like the layman's term of it is that's, and it's, the reason that we talk about this is because how you attach to your caregivers growing up is how you're going to attach to other people growing up. So there is the insecure attachment styles and then there's secure. Everybody mm -hmm. is trying to swim to the moat of secure. Yes. If you read the book Attached, it says 50% of the population secure. Bullshit. Yeah. I mean, not even a shot. Yep. But there are more people that are more apt to doing to being more open and receptive. Then there's the insecure. There's a spectrum. There's avoidant, anxious, disorganized, and then there's now like, you know, 30 different subcategories, but those are the biggies that we talk about. Yep. Avoidant is I think what most people associate with in men, yep. they'd be, you'd be shocked how many women are also avoidant. I hear this all the time. It's all men. I'm like, no, 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 no. Avoidance, yep. all it means is that they shut down because they can't handle conflict. They yep. go internal. They shut it in. And if the minute they hear something, it's, I can't handle this, they retreat. Their perspective of growing up is low sense of others, high sense of self. So they may come from homes where like their parents just weren't around or dismissive or, hey, can you go take care of yourself? My friend was super avoidant. Her parents worked all the time. So it can manifest in different ways ways. Yeah. Those are the types that will shut down when you try to have a conversation and it, yeah. it feels painful. Then you have the anxious attacher, more the people pleaser. The anxious attacher is I'm, I'm terrified of abandonment. The avoidant is I'm terrified of rejection. I'm scared that you're going to view me in a lower light than I see myself. And the, the anxious person is you're going to leave me. Everybody leaves me. I'm never going to be safe. Mm. people pleasing mm -hmm. and that's where boundaries go out and so that's that high anxiety and always worried that's why the anxious avoidant trap is such a beautiful dance that happens the avoidant sees in the anxious oh my god look they can look how much they can love the anxious looks oh, look how secure and alone they are Mm -hmm. Hell in a handbasket. <laughs> then we have disorganized, which is a, an amalgamation of both. It's that push-pull. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever dated anybody that like one minute they're all over you and then the next they're completely removing themselves. Yeah. It's a low sense of self and a low sense of others. So um, think of an abusive household. If your parent always hit you but then kept coming for love, you want it but you're scared. Yep. So that's uh, that dynamic of inten intense going and intense pulling. Yep. So it sounded like you were more in that anxious world with the people pleasing the boundaries, yeah. Yeah. putting others before you yeah. than necessarily you thinking of yourself. What were things that you utilized that helped you kind of move past that? Because I think it's a really cool aspect that you were there. I love that this is you interviewing me now. Um, it's so great. I love how this has happened. Um, <laughs> well, I know your audience loves you, so let's give them some more info about you. <laughs> I wanted to talk about general dating things with you. No, it's great. Um, it's great. Uh, I was in a... I, I, I did like long-term monogamy, monogamous relationships for like so much of my life. Like just like snowballing into relationships that some of the time I wasn't even planning on ending up in. And then all yeah. of a sudden I was in for a long time. And then had one, you know, had a really intense first love and then had a really intense last love, uh, which was like a major relationship that I thought would end in marriage and kids and didn't. And I was like fully in, played out the best version of my love at the time and what I really thought good love was played it fully out with someone who maybe wasn't right, but I also wasn't, I wasn't developed enough yet. Yep. And so it was the perfect relationship for my mid-20s. Yeah. Perfect in how it began and the intensity of the love and perfect in how it ended because of what it taught me about what I was missing. Yeah. What was on the other side. So honestly, the pain of that ending is what helped me shift was like, yeah. oh, 
I got enough information in, in, in life. We're going to repeat lessons until we have enough information to fucking make a different choice. 100%. And this shit hurts so bad. And like, was my own doing like, yeah, she's responsible, but so am I. Like it was my own doing that got me into this place. And like that shit hurts so bad. It was, it was the information that like, I really need to look at. Yeah. How I got myself here. And like, oh, this does not work. Me putting my needs aside does not work. Not by a long shot. Uh-uh. Me always, you know, catering to them out of the best of intentions. Out of like, I can, you know, like, I love you, right? Let me, some of that, let me fix you. Let me help you. Let me, let me be for you what the world is not. You know what I mean? Like, that whole fucking thing. Uh, yeah, just got enough information by getting myself into such a bad place in my life. Like, at the end of that relationship, it was like, oh, I need to change. Well, and I think that's like, such a beautiful revelation to even have because so many times I hear like, oh, it was the worst and I regret it. And I'm like, I regret absolutely nothing that has transpired in my life up to this point because every single thing has brought me to where I'm at. If I didn't have my really shitty, toxic, narcissistic relationship, I would never have started therapy. I would never have discovered myself. I would never have come home to myself. Yes. And I would never have realized I was self-abandoning. I was doing all of these things to be chosen yes. while not choosing myself. And so I think that's why like a lot of anxious attachers specifically will be in that very victim mode of why does everything keep happening to me and yeah. all of these people they're all none of them want to commit and it's like nah bitch they're fine there are plenty of people that want to commit but you need to fucking show up as that so that you can rule out people not an offense like you yeah, but, but meaning just, that aren't in alignment yeah just be clear just be clear oh they're not yeah when a guy tells you when a guy tells you he's not looking for something he's not is there a shred of possibility he changes his mind? Yeah, a shred. How do you say a shred? A shred. Like you a wanna, haystack. You want to bet your heart and vulnerability on a fucking shred? You want to bet your future on a shred? Like, no. No. Take him at his word. That is, and I'm glad you said that because I think I, I I get a lot of women and as a woman, it just, you know, sometimes they're like, well, no, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nah, oh, fine. You hear from a man. You want to hear from a fucking guy? Yeah. <laughs> Take what they say. I always said, if a guy is going to tell you off the bat and risk not getting laid, Trust me, he means it. Right. You know what I mean? If you're right. like, hey, if I'm honest with this person, it might not pan out. Right. He's not doing this because he's saying, hey, challenge accepted. Come get me. It's like, no, no. you could be the queen of Sheba. It ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, do you see more women than men in client base? You know what? Actually, now it's become very 50-50. Amazing. It has, which I love. Because yeah, me too. I think at first, I love the men that come to me because some of them are avoidant. Some of them are secure. It's all, all over the spectrum. The women are more so like, hey, I'm super anxious. I can identify. And it's like, cool. Come on to mama. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the guys are very like, I get guys that will sometimes be like, hey, can you just help me? I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, I do this, I'm wrong. I do this, I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I say this, I'm wrong. I say this, I'm wrong. Yeah. And it's been really fun to work with men that are becoming more in touch when I say like, well, how did that feel in your body? And you can kind of see like this, their head turning. And I'm like, you've never even stopped to see how this affects your body. Yeah. You're just on autopilot and going that you've never stopped. And I think it's such a beautiful thing that so many more men like you are becoming understanding, not out of ego and not because it's like lame, but because it's actually, that strength to me. Yeah. Vulnerability and self-awareness and being in your body, that's true strength to me, yeah. not just being strong. No, because I mean, if you're truly strong, cool. But Yay. often that that strength, like you're actually like numb. hundred percent. Not overcompensating as well. Yeah. And I don't know if it's more men than women. I just know like f as a man, like, yeah, it's, it's very 
easy for when things get kind of intense for my body to shut off and for me to go into my intelligence, into my rational mind. And like, that's a fucking strength in a lot of situations, like in a real way, like being able to compartmentalize the body and go into kind of what needs to be done or like organizing the chaos in front of me. There's a, there's a strength to that. But then if your body stays cut off, you're not in this life. So what you're describing is, well, it's dysregulated. Yeah. So your nervous system being dysregulated. Yeah. So either you can go into parasympathetic where you start to get fight or flight and yep. you start to get anxious or you go into dorsal where your body's like, all right, Devin needs his energy, shut it down. Let him just focus on getting safe. Yep. But like you said, if you're staying in that state, your body is just running on dysregulation going, they're not safe, they're not safe, yeah. they're not safe. And I'll see this all the time when I'll get, women that'll be like, I had one date with him and then it's like hell in a handbasket. Yeah. She is idealizing him. She's put him on the pedestal. And all I keep saying is I'm like, you've told your nervous system you're only safe if you have this person. So when Oof. they text you, okay, great. Everything's okay, right? Oof. And then the minute they don't, you're like, I'm not safe. I'm not safe. And it's like, here's a, a harsh reality. You don't get abandoned in adulthood. You're not dating your mom or dad. This is not your caregiver. This is some schmo that you met on Hinge that doesn't even have a fucking job and was on Fuckboy Island. It's happened to me before. <laughs> so, <laughs> not hyperbole. <laughs> no, this is not scripted. Um, but that type of situation of like getting so enamored by this, but it's like your nervous system has to feel safe because you are safe, not yes. because. And like the reality is, right now, if I felt unsafe, no reason to. If I felt unsafe because somebody walked in this door with a knife. There's a reason. There's a reason. Yeah, yeah. Your nervous system is working beautifully. It's in perfect synchronization. The problem is that it's getting, the triggers are the wrong cues. Yeah. The triggers are telling it, I'm not safe, I'm not safe, I'm not safe. But then your body is going, okay, well, I have to react, right? Devin's yeah. not safe. I got to go into the protective mode. But then as we start to do the work and you start to reparent, you do the inner child work, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then you can start to get down to like, no, I'm safe because I can regulate my nervous system. I can come back to ventral. I can come back to the present moment yeah. and I can actually respond, not react. Yes. Yes. Mm. It was, the nervous system is a huge part. Definitely. And if you're uh, relying on a partner for the regulation of your nervous system, I mean, that's like the definition of codependence. Like Correct. you're, you're done. It, it, you're done. It's unhealthy if your partner is responsible for the regulation and the balance of your nervous system. I had once, I had done like a video on that and this girl wrote, absolutely not. I need to be the center of his world and he's the center of mine. <laughs> and I sat there and I was like, Yikes. And <laughs> even a Yikes. therapist like commented and she was like, therapist here. So what you're describing is called codependency. Like <laughs> yeah. this is not, you can be, no one's saying you both have to be single. No shit. Of course you build a relationship, <laughs> right. but you have a strong sense of self. Yeah. Like I would, I, it's like the texting stuff. I'm here, been in LA for, since last night. Yep. I live in San Diego. My partner's yep. back home with the dog, getting the house ready. Yep. I haven't spoken to him all day. So I'm, healthy. I'm okay. Like I'm doing my thing. I'm not worried. I'm not anxious. I'm going, I trust my partner. I trust me. I Talked to him this morning. It's so healthy. See when I get home. I I, I do this. Uh, I do I do this thing consciously. Texting is one of I think Oy. the biggest pitfalls in modern dating. Like Couldn't hands down, hands down. It's fucking us left, right, and center. It is fucked. First of all, I think too many people are actually basing getting to know someone on texting. Okay. What a fucking Waste. <laughs> I will die on this hill. I will Me die too. on this we'll hill. We'll die together on this hill. Honestly, you but and I have so much more in common about this stuff than we thought. Yeah. The texting, that has been like my cross to bear. And I have been ripped to shreds on some of these videos. And now I'm starting to see all these creators saying it. I'm like, oh, fuck off, man. <laughs> Pay your goddamn dues. You need to get eat shit like the rest of us. <laughs> but texting to me is kind of the end of romance. Because like, 
I, I get it every day. He didn't text me. And I'm like, bitch, it's never just one text. Don't give me this bullshit of, well, I didn't get my text today. Let's talk. What does the text signify? When you start to peel the layers back, I start to get, well, but then he's not thinking of me. Okay, keep going. Oh, but then I'm going to be abandoned. There it is. Yep. There it is. It has nothing to do with the fact that I didn't get some stupid text from my partner. Hey, hope you're having a good day. Cool. Thanks so much. I don't give a shit. I can tell yeah. myself that. It's what they represent. And I can't tell you, first off, the, well, if he doesn't text me every day, I don't want to be with him. Ugh. Okay, cool. So you can't go live your own life is what you're telling me. Ugh. And I understand, listen, once you're like in a relationship, no shit. You want to text somebody every day? Sure, that's your of fucking course. partner. But the first four months, there is no reason. I'll never forget. You probably would appreciate this. When I first started dating my partner, he was different than anybody I'd ever met. Like not what I thought I was going to want, but definitely what I needed. <laughs> Just not my type. And he challenged me in so many ways. And it was the texting. And we he would text like we like I said we met we met on Hinge. We went on our first date. We hooked up. We had dinner and I left. I didn't hear from him and I went home and I was like, this guy again. like, fine, 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 move on. And I remember even making my first video being like, I don't know, I went out with some tech guy last night. It was cool. I'd see him again if he called me type thing. And it was like later in the day, the next day, he texted me like, hey, hope you're having a good day. Going to put my phone down. Just want to say hi. And I was like, cool. Thanks so much. We had plans for later in the week. And then like maybe like two, three weeks into dating, we see each, we were seeing each other two, two times a week consistently. I was living in LA at the time, moving to San Diego, but I was there for a month. So it, we were able to see each other. And after about like two or three weeks. I remember approaching him when we when I was out to dinner with him and I was like, you know, I noticed we don't really like communicate a lot in between texting and like, I don't feel as connected to you. And he just stops me and he's like, listen, I'm gonna set this boundary real quick with you. And this is not a sign of my disinterest. On the contrary, I'm actually really fucking into you. I'm not interested in a digital relationship. I work in tech. I stare at a screen for nine hours. The last thing I wanna do is create some kind of false sense of intimacy with you via text. Let's hang out. Let's spend time together. I'm not interested in this. And if you are, I get it. I'm not the guy for you. Hell yeah. And I remember just sitting there My and I was man. like, oh, okay, sign me up. And I was like, you're right. Let, let me see this one through. Best decision I ever made because I was going to walk out on his ass date one being like, well, he didn't text me when I got home. Mm -hmm. Bitch, you know how many guys have texted me every single day, still didn't want a relationship because mm -hmm. they're taking a shit on the toilet and they're bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they want a little dopamine. Exactly. I don't like feeling like I'm someone's little fucking dopamine monkey. You know what I mean? Like you're texting me not necessarily because you- you text me because you want that little fucking hit, man. Anxiety. Yeah. And that's, like, I don't, that's not romance. Also, there's no, there's no intimacy. There's no tone. Thing. There's no tone. When you're getting to know someone, yes, it's about what they say, but really it's about watching them when they say it. It's about seeing all the fucking ways they actually communicate, the things behind their eyes, their body language. And so if you're asking someone intimate questions over text or texting a lot, you're missing everything. I, I, fucking everything. Everything. I'll even give an example. Like when you and I were messaging, I obviously hadn't met you. So there was no tonality. So when you would like, I think we had asked you something and you responded and I was like, oh, I hope I didn't upset him. Thinking, yes. because I'm reading into this. Then when you walked in and it's like, oh my God, hi. I'm sitting here going, this is exactly my point. Yes. I would <laughs> yes. never, yes. I would have created this entire version of who you are because yeah. of words on a screen based yeah. on my projections. Yep. And I can be really curt. I can be really information based on texting because that's all it's kind of there for, for me exactly. It's just like information in person is for emotion and like tone and all of that subtext, all the things. All the things. So I'm really hopeful that now I'm starting to see a little bit of shift in the tide. It's the same yeah. thing as like probably one of my least favorite sayings on the entire planet is if he wanted to, he would. Yeah. I fucking hate that saying. Yeah. I hate bumper stickers. Same. You know, under, when it comes to dating. When it comes to Don't. dating, it's like under 140 characters or less. It's like, can we stop trying to, even just in, in general, in the life, in the world, yeah. stop resorting to like what can fit on a, on the back of your car. This, if he wanted to, he would. And it's like, 
it's the same with like once a cheater, always a cheater. And you're like, does this make you feel better? Yeah, yeah. Does it make you feel better to belittle other people that like, oh, if he wanted to, he would. Okay. So let me ask you, if you wouldn't want to be anxious, well, you must not want it bad enough. Right. You must not want you must not want to be a millionaire bad enough then because you're still you're still living on uh right. you're still working at the gas station. It's not about want, it's about bandwidth, it's about the tools, it's about yeah. the knowledge, it's about the trauma, it's about somebody being ready to face it. And yeah. like you said, I am not in a place to open myself up yeah. to a relationship. Doesn't matter how incredible the girl is. One person Literally. actually wrote, so but I don't understand. If he really wanted to be with me, he would heal his anxious attachment style. And I'm like, <laughs> So everybody now has to work on your schedule, first of all. How <laughs> entitled are you? Yeah. Um, you you think you're God's gift then, so that's yeah. the first issue. And then, but then it also discredits the person because what you're saying is, but if he will, he doesn't want me bad enough. So want is all we need in the world to get shit done? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's another bumper sticker that, uh, this is a whole topic about dating from this bumper sticker. And I get, I get why people say it because there's people who have said it who it's true for and it's so romantic and it's so beautiful, but it's the, like when you know you know. Oh, I hate it. Ugh. When like, oh, I just knew, and oh man, it's like bullshit. Your dick knew you didn't. Know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't. Yeah, and like maybe some people they just knew, but like you didn't. You figure it out every day. You figure it out with the person. You don't actually know. Yeah, you had an inclina inclination. Oh, this might be something. Yeah. Might be. That's as truthful as you can get. This might be something. You don't know 100% with someone because you can't because it's a fucking human being and you're both going to grow and change and you don't know that you'll stay together. So this is one of the biggest pitfalls I have fallen for and that I've watched in relationship and I wonder your thoughts on it is, I guess the word is fantasy? Like, uh, but not sexual fantasy. It's it's fan it's Disney. It's Disney romance. It's Jim and Pam. It's rom com shit. It's rom com shit. This idea we have about romance, rather than what it actually takes to like grow a, a healthy intimate relationship. Hundred percent. It's like we're all looking at the how to lose a guy in ten days type thing of like I can act like a tyrant and this person's gonna fall in love with me and it's all nah bitch it ain't gonna happen. Yeesh. What's gonna happen is he's gonna block you. Yeah. But the reality is. What does it take to be in a healthy and successful relationship? None of the bells and whistles. It's not the spark. It's not that we have insane chemistry. Yeah, that's nice. But the spark is bullshit. That yeah. is complete fallacy. Yeah. But that's the Disney thing of, oh, the fairy tale. I'm going to be saved. And I always wanted to be saved because I hated my childhood. So, of course, I was like, can someone come get me? Without understanding, I had to do that. Because what is a real relationship, the healthiest, most secure relationship ever, took me, I told my boyfriend no twice because I just wasn't ready. I'm not, not ready for a relationship. That wasn't it. I didn't know if I liked him. Yeah. I wasn't sure how I felt because I was like, you're really closed off. I need to get to know you more. And he was like, valid, fair. Let's keep getting to know each other. There was never, and it wasn't a like, if I knew, I knew. It was literally one moment where I looked at him and I was like, fuck, I'm in love with this person. And that's just, it's a very, because loving somebody is a choice. Being in love with somebody is not. Yes. And so I think the old of you know, you know, yeah, some couples will say that. But for the most part, the most, most of the people will actually usually say, not what I thought I was going to be with. This was mm -hmm. absolutely not the person I thought I was going to be with the Ryan Reynolds of the world. This is not the person, mm -hmm. but it's exactly what I need. And I'm so tired of this because I think the spark is that if you know, you know thing. Yes. And it's kind of like that stupid box theory. Are you familiar with that thing? No. You know, Tinks? She's the influencer and she has the box theory. Okay, no. And the box no. theory is garbage. And not her, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, but yeah. the box theory specifically. What's the box theory? The box theory is, according to her, that within five minutes of knowing you, a man knows what he wants. And that once he puts you in the box, there's no getting out of it. So if a guy says, I want to hook up with you, 
There's nothing you could do that's going to change that. If a guy says you want a relationship with you, when you're in that box, she's like, you could set his house on fire. He's still going to want to be with you. And then a couple of people, a couple of guys have stitched it being like, it's true. Within five minutes, I know. And I remember showing my partner and his first response was, how fucking shallow are these people? That is so fucking ridiculous. Right? Like so fucking stupid. I'm sorry. The last time what? I, the last time I thought I knew somebody after five minutes was the one was me crying on the floor, starting <laughs> therapy because. Because he was the most toxic, <laughs> unhealthy relationship. But I called my mom saying I met my husband. I was right about that. Just not right about the fact that it was going to last. So it's like, let's just look at like data statistics. The last time we had the spark usually doesn't end well. It's usually yeah. your nervous system that is starting to flare going familiar. Yeah. Ah, look how charming this person is. Look how amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's rehearsed. So the box theory to me, I'm like, this is- Wow, the- that's so dangerous. Right? And these are people that like, I've had people tag her and be like, what do you think? Is she accurate? And I'm like, you know, there's other people in the world that can have opinions of things. Right. And one person's opinion, hey, there's some people that might agree, but I'd like to know what the quality and depth of their relationships are. Because most Facts. of them are fucking single that talk about this shit. Facts. Right? Because no, that makes no sense. Right. H- that- human connection is not that fucking simple, man. The only thing that is, is I'll know if I want to fuck you. I'll yes. know within five minutes if I want to sleep with you. For sure. I'll know within the minute I see you if clothes are coming For off. For sure. But even that feeling can change if there's no chemistry when totally. you kiss. Exactly. Or when you talk and you're like, this person's a dodo brain. That's what I'm saying. Like, even that can shift. Like, you're Completely. like, oh, yeah, yeah. You can literally hear even just the tone of someone's voice. It's nothing wrong. Like, it can just change that thing like that no man human connection so much deeper than that there's that and then there's the ick the ick i think is the also have you oh i've seen you know these the are ick. so foolish man it's, and it's like there's to me i'm like okay stop trying to find issues with people instead have non-negotiables and boundaries yes 80 yes. what i want so i know i need someone who's compassionate selfless you know thoughtful empathetic caring all those things the 20%, I can live without. So, okay, yeah. if he's not 6'2", he's six foot. Okay, fine. I can move on from that. Yeah. He's got blonde hair, not brown. I can move on from yeah. that. The ick list is so detrimental it's, to dating. It's so shallow. Because it allows you to stay in the same place. It allows you to stay in the victim. He has a Velcro wallet. No, no, it's on my ick list. And they're like, hey, you know what? I hated my partner's car and the way he dressed. Guess what's changed? All of those things can change. Yeah. Who the person is inside, that's not going to change as quickly as the shallow shit. And I see my friends getting the ick and I'm like, no, what it is is that it's helping you stay in a place of, it's helping you stay further from people. Because, exactly, you don't Mm -hmm. need to be vulnerable. Yeah. You don't need to open yourself up. You don't need to explore. You don't need to have conflict because all of this is scary. Yeah. So instead, I'm going to get turned off because I don't like your shoes. By something so shallow. Yeah, if you're going to get the ick, make it about something deep. Yeah, make it about the fact that it's like, oh, this person's like fucking hates people. Or yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Or like, yeah. This are person they... treats waitstaff terribly. Exactly. You or know? it's like, they are like abusive to animals. It's yeah. like, yeah, you know what? Don't date that person. <laughs> yeah, have the like, ick for that. Have the ick for that. But I think it's so much, it's all this detrimental stuff mm-hmm. that's floating around. And I think I get it all the time. And I'm sure you hear it of like, who do I believe? You know, where do I go? And I'm like, listen, if it resonates with you, good luck. <laughs> But if it doesn't and you feel in your core, eh, this just doesn't feel right. It's like, you don't need to listen to all your girlfriends in the group chat saying how men ain't shit and men are trash. It's like, maybe you need to be that one to go, hey, this isn't working for me because I don't want to believe. My mindset is everything. I don't want to believe that all men are trash. I don't want to believe that all men are this. I believe that there are people of quality and depth. And the more I surround myself with people like that, the more I'm going to stay in that space because misery loves company. (laughs) Do you coach... Do you coach women who come to you on, or, or, yeah, on, I find most women I know talk about 
every aspect of communication and dating with a guy they're into with all their friends. Yep. To their detriment. They're getting the opinion of eight other women on reading into little interactions that the other friends don't have real context for because they don't actually know this man. They didn't hear the tone. They haven't seen him. They don't know him. So you're getting opinions with people who don't actually know. And then you're trying to read under the lines of things that aren't that fucking complicated. And I think, when, I, like I've seen it with friends, like just spin themselves out by talking to a committee rather than like, how do you feel? Or talking to the person. Like, that was my biggest takeaway. Mm. When I dated my partner, of course, you know, like, you tell a couple of your friends, you're just like, yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah okay, yeah, look, seeing this guy, everything's cool. But that, the, like, analyzing and the, but he said this, it's like, first off, like you said, they don't have any contacts, they have no tone, they have no idea who this person is. Yeah. Second of all, they're projecting. They're taking their experiences. Yes. So if their experiences are, every guy's gonna cheat, well, then off the bat, <laughs> every guy's gonna cheat. Yeah. And so it's like, you, we have to look at, like, even my friends will come to me and she'll, like, my friend's going through some shit right now and she keeps coming and I'm like, okay, I'm not taking anybody's side, but I have to look at this objectively and say, I validate your feelings. I understand what you're saying might be, might be valid, but what we can also hold space for is another truth. What we can also hold space for is, I don't know, maybe the other person's experiencing something. Right. Maybe the other person, can we have compassion for them and ourselves? Right. But I find the one thing that made the biggest difference in my relationship was everybody prior to him, I had to ask all of my friends. And usually what that happens is because most of the time, either that person's emotionally unavailable, so we have to decode what's going on because I have no clarity with them. Sure. I'm emotionally unavailable because I can't talk to them. Sure. <laughs> or that, or just that. And when I started to have communications with my partner, instead of going, but he said this, what does it mean? And texting all them friends a screenshot, I just, hey, what did you mean by this? That way I got clarity. Yeah. And so when I talk to my friends, now when I go to my friends, and that's why like my friends know what's going on. When I go to them of like, hey, we're having an issue. They're like, okay, whoa, wait, sit down. Let's talk. Yeah. Because they know I don't just go to them for anything. It's yeah, like, any little Brad thing. Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the girls dis disassemble the group chat delete the screenshots and start getting un getting comfortable being uncomfortable, which is communication. Ask. Conflict. Conflict is very healthy. It is. And we are, I feel like we, the pendulum is swung. We went from like a generation of people, like our parents, that it was like, God, you don't talk about emotions. Shut your fucking mouth. Just keep going, right? Yeah, yeah. White knuckle it. And then we have now where everything is like, how are your feelings? And are you sitting in your feelings? And you can't say anything. Mm -hmm. Are you being your authentic truth? And it's like, okay, we don't need to have the pendulum swing so severely to where we're terrified of conflict now because growing up, if your parents yelled at you once, you thought that it was the end of the world. Yeah. I'm not saying your parent needs to fucking beat you, but it's okay to be reprimanded. But I see it. My friend's going through this right now. She's having conflict and all she wants to do, she keeps texting me, I'm gonna just send this. And it's, fuck you, I'm done. And I'm like, mm-hmm. You can move past this yeah. because conflict is normal. I've had conflict with my friends and we come out stronger. Of course. So if you're dating and you can't go to someone and be like, hey, you know, this bothered me that you said that. Yeah. If the person gets, if they if they start being combative or yeah. put you down, you remove yourself. Yeah. But if someone's having a disagreement, you're not right, they're not wrong and vice versa. Yeah. You're now a team. Yep. So we need to normalize that conflict is okay. It doesn't mean jump away and go to the next guy. It's, hey, maybe get uncomfortable, maybe get comfortable being uncomfortable. Well, this also comes back to texting. Aye, aye, aye. Stop doing these things over text. Do not have important conversations in your relationship over text ever. Don't do it. Do not have conflict over text. You can kind of, <laughs> you can say, now we're in conflict over text. Right. We're going to need to talk or I'm going to call you when I have some time. Like you can communicate that shit's going on, but do not send a goddamn novel 
over text with no tone that then this person, whatever they're doing in their life, has to fucking catch up on, try and answer. It's absurd. It's absurd. If you're going to have conflict, have it. And preferably, if you can do it over the phone, fine, but preferably in person so you can look at the person in the eyes and actually experience what's going to happen through that conflict. Because, yes, if you can get through conflict together— you're stronger. Conflict is what grows intimacy. Yes. Conflict is how you grow stronger with someone, how you connect with them. Because I don't give a fuck how things are going when everything's great. Exactly. I don't care. That shit's easy. That shit's easy. So it's like, oh, girls, oh, well, we keep going out to dinner dates. I'm like, start diversifying your portfolio. Yeah. How about go to Ikea with this person? Go do an errand with them. Start to see when you scratch the surface. Not like piss them off. Yeah. But do things. Travel together. Travel together. (laughs) Get stuck in traffic together. Uh Do things that are not the average. We go for drinks. We get dinner. We yeah, do this. Easy. It's the easy shit. And then with the texting, oh, for fuck's sake. Come on, somebody, I've had like 25 people send me, please do a stitch to this video. And it's a guy and he's like, if a guy doesn't text you every day, it's because he doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about your feelings. He doesn't care. And he's what saying, and he's like- Bullshit. 150,000 likes. And I'm like, oh, oh fuck me. Fucking with bullshit. thousands of comments being like, yeah, because if he doesn't think about me and blah, blah. And it's like, so here's what's missing. Nuance? Yeah. Context? Yeah. Hey, so here's a reality. How about if I'm dating somebody and they know I'm going through a hard time, yeah, not contacting me for a day when they know, hey, did somebody just pass away? Hey, how are you feeling? What's going on? But on the aggregate, day to day, within the first, before your fucking official, and even when you get, before like the first six months, because somebody doesn't text you for one day is not an indication of their intentions with you. Definitely not. Well, you know what is? They don't want to see you. They don't want to speak to you. They don't call you. They don't ask you out. They're telling you they're the the typical LA, maybe. We'll see. I'll let you know. That is how you know somebody's not interested. Yep. And I get girls day in and day out. I had one client that she almost broke up with the guy because he didn't like repost a story on Instagram. And <laughs> I I had to I had to have a chat with her. And after she called me, like she messaged me later and she's like, I am just so grateful you talked me off this ledge because sure enough, he expressed how how anxious he was about this and his things and he was able to open up and now they got closer. Guess who's been posting each other on Instagram and guess who's spending <laughs> Christmas together? We can't have knee-jerk reactions because when you're triggered, your body's going into Got to keep her safe. Got to keep him safe. Got to yeah. keep them safe. Do what they always do. Now, let me ask you, if what you've always done hasn't worked, then shan't we try something different? Exactly. It took me so long to get there. It took the pain being so great. And I think people miss the true beauty of a difficult breakup. I think people oh. skip the hardest part, which is themselves. Feeling. And themselves. Accountability oh, is yeah. sitting with, how did I participate in getting myself here. Not victim blame. Like if someone fucking abused you, it's not your fault. But like if, if your relationship ended a mess, you were a part of that. And like take accountability. How did my behavior, like for me, it was like, how did some of my best intention shit, but like early in the getting to know each other, lead me to this place where I was so fucking lost. What did you allow? Because it does happen slowly over time. It's never like this full, oh, I'm going to let this person run all over me. It's like these slow little compromises you make and you don't even realize you're making them. What did I allow slowly over time? And that's the beauty of a good breakup. If you can really sit with that pain and how to not end up there again, you have to sit with yourself and like, what did I allow and how do I change it? And I got to say, it's not easy. No. It's not easy changing these things. No. I mean, I remember like, I'll get so many people that be like, my narcissist did this and it's all victim. And I'm like, okay, now here's the reality. I've been in a narcissistic relationship. My father is one, so I married him. Yes. Is there a lot of bit by bit abuse that takes place? Of course. But you know why it worked on me? 
because I allowed it. Yep. I didn't set boundaries. I, I didn't no say, wait, 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 what the fuck did you just say to me? Like even now, some of my family members, I'm like, oh yeah, there might not be narcissists, but I'm like, you got the tendencies, why we can't have a relationship because it doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people look at it as it's like, it's just a victim, victim, victim. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> to, to a certain extent. But yeah. even then it's like, what did we overlook? Oh, I don't know, with a narcissist, they love bombed you. They came on really heavy. Yeah. They came on strong. They came on rehearsed and then they started to break you down And yeah. because you didn't have boundaries, because yeah. you wanted it so bad. And I think a lot of people get, it's ego. You know, I don't want to have to admit that. So if I just stay in the victim mode, things keep happening to me, not yeah. for me. But once I stopped and that was that same exact kind of revelation you had of, wait a minute, but what was my part? And I remember doing tapping with my therapist saying, I'm a piece of shit. I don't know if you've ever tapped. I love tapping. And I just kept saying, I'm such a piece of shit. I ruined everything. And so she would mimic, she would mirror mm-hmm. back and she'd go, yeah, you're a piece of shit. You ruined everything. And then as I went on, I was like, but wait, I, it's not all my fault. You know, yeah. it also has to be them. And I started to realize like, I can hold those two truths. I yeah. can hold that, yes, this person is a raging piece of shit, but I also allowed it. Yeah. And I also participated in this. That doesn't mean that like you had it coming. It's not because you were a dress out. You had the, the opportunity for a man to do Fuck something. No. It's about taking accountability so that you stop living in that space. And when you go out and date, you're like, ha ha, learned my lesson, seen this, no fucking thank you. Exactly, exactly. You actually have to change. You Bro. actually have to not go down the same path that you went down. And it is hard because of the kind of parent thing that like, however we grew up is in there. Oh, yeah. However we related to love as a child is in us and it's going to be the default. Yeah. So it is like, I do have so much compassion for all of us struggling with our fucking dysfunctional hearts. Like it's not a, an obstacle to our life. It, this is life. Like yeah. th- this is it. You're not broken. Like this is what happens. We grow up with a particular version of love. We seek it out in the wrong people. And hopefully we fucking learn how to become healthier ourselves and then choose healthier in others. Um, but that thing is hard because it's defaults. Like I I still feel it sometimes, my pull towards these habits that I'm like, oh, no, man, we've been down this road. Let's you, not. You always will. Yep. It's like I equate it to the gym. If I go to the gym for I, like, I, so I was, I was into body, but not like bodybuilding, but I was like going to gold and I was really fucking lifting and I was <laughs> regimented when I was single and I was yeah, like, brother. yeah, the ass was growing and I was eating <laughs> all my protein and I was doing my thing. <laughs> And it's like, but it's the same thing with healing. Yes, you can get very into it, but that doesn't mean that all of a sudden, if you stop all of this, that you're just going to maintain this muscle memory. No, similar to the gym. It sucks at first. It's uncomfortable. You have to rip muscles. You have to do things. I have to lift and and lower and it's going to be really hard, but that's how I grow a resistance to it. That's how I get stronger. That's how I, I'm scared of an ice bath until I do it. And you're like, this is it. This is what I was so scared of. And so I think healing and growth is the same thing. I'm I am not anxious, I have anxiety. And so I had to differentiate Mm. and remove myself from the self-identification because if I was anxious, I'm an anxious attacher. No, you have anxious attachment. Mm -hmm. Because if you think that, then there's no changing that, right? There's no growing. You're a narcissist. That's a personality disorder. You're a narcissist. There's a very big difference between a, like sociopath or something like that, that yes. that's who you are yes. versus an attachment style. You're always going to have that push pull. Sometimes my partner, he said no to me the other day. And I immediately wanted to be like, well, you don't fucking love me anymore. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you don't want me. And I stopped and I took some space 
I was an adult about it and I took some space and like on his own, maybe, you know, like 20 minutes later, he turned around. And he's like, I realized, babe, that was really harsh. I didn't mean no. I just meant this. And I was like, man, I'm so happy. I let some space like John Kim and I were talking. Uh, he's a therapist I love. And he's like, put a speed bump. When you put the speed bump, it allows you to go over process and then go, wait a minute. Am I feeling this? What's happening in my body? Okay, this is the same feeling I had when my dad used to walk out. Okay, great. So now I know this has nothing to do with my partner. This is having anything to do with me. That's my projection. This is my trigger. That doesn't mean I can't tell my partner, hey, that was a little harsh. Yeah. You know, that was a little hurtful. That's still two truths. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that because he said, no, well, he doesn't love me anymore. Right. I had to fight through that and, and work like through that. Burning his house down. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, and you will, you will, when you start to date, you're going to get triggered and you're going to have things where you're like, fuck, I thought I was good. That's just, that's a beautiful part. People want to stay single to avoid being triggered. Mm -hmm. You're just avoiding your growth. Mm -hmm. Love no matter what, like intimacy, no matter what, it's vulnerable. Like you have to risk to yeah. do it. It hurts every time. Love does come with uh, inherent hurt. Like there's right. a pain to it because of that. You risk, you open up, you be seen. Things from your past come up and you have to go and you have to kind of be responsible for them and not like just throw them at whoever you're seeing and go like, oh, wow, this part of my heart that I thought I healed is kind of like coming up again. It's such a, I have so much tenderness for the process and at times I really avoid it because I'm like, no. <laughs> Hard. I don't want to hurt. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing is, I think one thing people need to remember, it's not that they're scared about the outcome of like, oh, the person's going to leave. It's like them and everybody else. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's another human. They're scared of the feeling. Yes. And it's the same thing with the texting stuff. It's like, it's not about the text. It's about what that feeling that you're going to get. But the beauty is what I love to do is I'll challenge myself and I'm like, all right, sit with that feeling. Yeah. So like, even if I'm scared, like when I was doing my business and starting, I thought my anxiety was just with my relationships. I thought, no, 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 I'm fine with everything else until I had the relationship. And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Here's my like imposter syndrome and my limiting beliefs, yes. and my core beliefs coming out and me thinking I can't do it and who cares about me. And, <laughs> and now what I've realized is then I was like, okay, what am I so scared of? I'm scared of, like, I remember telling my friend, I was like, I'm scared of like losing my business. She's like, keep going. And I was like, I'm scared of being a failure. Keep going. Uh -huh. I'm scared of letting people die. I'm, Okay, cool. I started to realize yeah. the business was a byproduct. Once yeah. I released that and sat with going, okay, what happens if I lose my business? And going, sat with that feeling and I was like, I'll be okay no matter what because I've always been okay no matter what. When have any of us been homeless? Maybe if you have, but you're not, right? Right. You're listening to this podcast. You're not homeless. You got a yeah. phone. You're, you're doing something right. Yeah. We can always think that it's going to be, but we're always protected. God, the universe, whatever the fuck you want to believe in, something yeah. out there that's bigger than me has our back. And if we can actually surrender and not attach to the outcomes and actually just sit and be curious and find that introspection, God damn it, your life will change. For real. For real. And it has to, it has to be with, with us. Like that's been the beauty of this kind of single casual, mm -hmm. but still intimate period I've been in is like, oh man, I can see it. I'm like, so many people have never taken this time. Exactly. They've never done it. They've never taken the time to really sit with all this shit with themselves. Like, man, I've spent so much time alone in the last five years in the best way. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like yeah. now that you're going to go out, you know, that you're dating and yeah. you're going out there, yeah. especially when you are like, hey, I'm ready. Yeah. It's so hard to look the other way. And that's, yeah. I used to look at it as like, oh, there's something wrong with me. And now I'm like, no, it's a superpower. That just means that my pool has gotten smaller. But God damn, is the fish in there. The quality is chef's kiss. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm only going to move towards something like beautiful now uh, and be good with me, like be good where I'm coming from and, and aware and honest uh, with where I'm coming from because um, that was also a huge pitfall for myself and the 
women I've dated is self-deception. You don't even realize you're doing it. You don't realize you're selling yourself out. You don't realize you're lying to yourself. But like I was, I was deceiving myself. I wasn't being honest about my needs and wants. And then I would end up some of the time with people who weren't being honest about their needs and wants. Yeah. And that's a fucking mess. Self-abandonment sucks. Yeah. When we walk away from ourselves and it's like some people will be like, I'm, I'm not imagining myself as a child. I'm like, fine, good luck, enjoy. But if we actually can start to say, okay, wait a minute, where is this coming from? I always love to vert it back. When you're feeling an intensity, sit with the emotion. It takes 90 seconds for an emotion to run its course. But with our narrative in our head, it starts the clock. That's mm -hmm. how rumination happens. You can ruminate for six, six, seven, eight hours. For sure. Because your brain's going, she's not safe. But if you actually sat with the emotion, and allowed it to run its course and come out the other side, then you could actually understand one, that's emotional availability. Mm -hmm. That's saying, hey, okay, so this just took place in my body. So if I came to you and said, here's the difference between you are a fucking asshole. I can't believe you fucking said that to me. How could you? So when my partner had told me once, calm down. In what world does calm down work on a woman? <laughs> like, I'd love to know, can we start a chat group? And I, all I said was, I sat with it for a second. I processed the emotion and I said, I don't appreciate that because it felt very dismissive. It felt like you were trying to minimize my emotions in the moment. And I understand your point. And he said, okay, I get it. He said, what can, what can I do to make you feel better? And I said, you know what I think would be much more beneficial? Say regulate. Then I know. Mm. And he said, okay, cool. That right there was how we could have gone from a re reaction of me just volatile on you versus, hey, wait, I need to own this because he didn't say anything wrong. He didn't do anything. He didn't tell me I'm a dumb bitch. You know what I mean? Right. Like he right, didn't right. Dis degrade me or disrespect me. The biggest way to know, again, between that gut reaction and anxiety is what happens in your body and what happens in your narrative. Yeah. Because if you let yourself go through those emotions for 90 seconds and then process the emotions, process the thought process after, as opposed to to intellectualizing everything and trying to think your way out of things, yeah. you'll actually start to realize, hmm, things are a lot clearer when you let the dust settle versus trying to see through the water when there's mud. Facts. Mm. I sure hope that people are feeling some shit I, with the I, convo. I do too. And all this, all this goes for like any relationship. This Anyone. is not about romance specifically. Like our triggers like this are... Any intimate relationship, so friendships, family, like this is this is true for. The only thing that I fully try and get clear about avoiding, like fully hands down non-negotiable is if I see indications of like true narcissism. Like 100%. Because all of us can be narcissistic, but there are people who if you really pay attention, you go, mm, no, like they are, it's too much. True narcissism, like true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lack of empathy, lack of compassion. So there's never understanding, well, what are you going through? It's yeah. always, no, no, but my truth is right. But they can mask that shit is oh, the issue. for sure. Well, Early the way, on, you know? The way to kind of start to really start to seep through is by asking specific questions. Like I always ask, how did your last relationship end and what did it teach you about yourself? God, narcissist, that's a great question. Narcissist 101, all my exes were crazy. Amazing. All of them were crazy. It was never, no accountability. So what we know, narcissism, no empathy, no compassion, no accountability. It's never their fault. Gaslighting, manipulation. Yeah. So once you can start to peel back the layers of setting a boundary. So if somebody's coming out, narcissists love to love bomb because of course they want to be grandiose. And yeah. Make you feel so good. Because then your boundaries go to the floor and yep. they become the center of your universe. How you want to get rid of a, a narcissist? Set a boundary. That question feels like a superpower. So I hope at home you're taking notes. What an amazing question to ask someone.
someone when you're first getting to know them. And you know how many people have put on like, this isn't a job interview. And I love the comments Mm-mm. under, they're like, this is exactly why we're asking to walk Weed away. Out you. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. like you that are scared. I've asked people, I it's said, a what's- a fantastic question. I'm like, what's scary about the question? And I'm, they're like, I don't want to have to answer it. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. It's not that the question's a problem. It's that the depth is scary to you exactly. because then there's a vulnerability. I asked my partner, I asked him, I said, what about our first date was so special to you? And he was like, the questions you asked me. He was like, you were so different than any woman. I asked, how did your last relationship end? What did it teach you about yourself? What are your intentions with dating? What are things you're no longer willing to accept that you used to in a relationship? I wanted to know. And he was so forthcoming that- I didn't just take his word for it. His actions followed. And then when they didn't, I was able to say, I remember I was like, you know, you say you want to co-create. You say you want to partner. I was like, but you're not letting me into Mm -hmm. your life. And it allowed us to, and he was like, fuck, you're right. And we worked through it. I I love this. We're going to, we're going to wrap up soon, but this, this is such amazing advice. Like if, if people want to up level your dating, get that real on a first date. Those, those are incredible questions. I would love to answer them for someone. You know what I mean? Like, Cause that's real. Like, let's check in. Cause then next day, I mean, you can get clear with those questions. Next day, you can just keep it surface, surface and have some fun. Exactly. Because you're kind of clear on what it can be, who this person is. Do they have self-reflection, accountability? What do they like and not like? And like, those are incredible questions for a first date. And if a man or woman doesn't want to answer them or has like some surfacey answer to that, like there's information. Exactly. Re- listen to what pe- I always am like, you're not listening to what people are saying. You're leaving the date being like, I'll ask. I'm like, my date, my after date questionnaire, not questionnaire, but like yeah. check in was always. Oh, you send people a, a, just even with a me. questionnaire? No, Sometimes, I'm just, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, now answer it, motherfucker. But like with me, me and How like. How hot was I? <laughs> yeah, I'd love, well, actually, I'd, I always wanted to start a dating app called The Report Card, where after you'd have to send, and it would be anonymous, like it wouldn't be, it would be the type, so like, let's say we went on a date, yeah. and after it said like, what did you like about Sabrina? What were some, what were things that you didn't really resonate with? And would you see her again? If you said no, and I said yes, let's say, to seeing each other again, the match would disappear. We'd get each other's report card because one person doesn't feel it. So that way there's no awkward ending, but then I get feedback of, oh shit, wow, okay, I trauma dumped on this person. I made them feel really uncomfortable mm. when we were talking and that that's why they don't want to see me versus mm. you go on a date and you leave going, I don't, I don't know. What happened? Yeah. So after a first date, I always ask myself these questions. I don't care how you felt about him. I don't give yeah. a fuck how you feel about people. How yeah. did I feel when I was with them? Was my nervous system calm? Mm. Did they ask me questions? Mm. Were they making eye contact? And don't give me this bullshit neurodivergent. Well, I'm neurodivergent and I can't make eye contact. Get Grow the fuck up. Like, Thank you. We can Please. tell the difference between Please. neurodivergence and you're not interested. Yes. If you can't make eye contact with me because you're autistic, I'm pretty sure there's going to be other telltale signs. Exactly. But it's just those basic questions of how did I feel with them? Did they ask questions? Did they make eye contact? Did I feel safe? Yeah. Not physically, emotionally. I, did I feel seen, heard, and understood? You'd be shocked how many women will be like, oh my God, I realize you're right. He didn't ask me any questions. Or he talked about himself the whole time. Or he started making sexual innuendos. And I'm like, but because you, if you weren't aware and attuned, you're leaving going, oh, I hope he picks me. Mm-hmm. And then voila, six months later, you're in a fucking shitty relationship. Yeah, all, all shitty relationships, I'm sorry, they come down to the getting to know each other phase. It's why I think like what you get most clients for, it's the getting to know each other phase. It's the beginning that sets it all up. If you can start on the right foot, you're actually building like with foundation. And even if it doesn't work, it'll be so much cleaner 
than if you started on all these fucking missteps and just like lies and dishonesty with yourself. Um, man, I could talk to you for a long time about this. I, I think know. it's a I think it's a huge uh, subject and like huge value to kind of break down some of these things because I know how many people are like struggling with this and just fucking hurting and just hurting themselves, ending up choosing people who just treat them like shit. And it's just like, no, guys. I, I was her. Do better. Yeah. That's it. It's like, I, I did. I, I was him as well. Exactly. So we've been through that. I've been through fucking 12 years of dating in New York and two years of LA. I, I paid my goddamn dues. Yes, you did. You know, like I paid my fucking <laughs> I bet dues. You did. And it's like, now it's possible. And I hope that if anybody could take anything away, having two people sitting in front of them or hearing in front of them right now to say, yeah, I was one way, but I can heal through it and become another and have the life that I so shoot desire. Yeah. But you got to get out of your own fucking way. Yeah. Yeah. You got to risk it, take accountability, look in the mirror and uh, start making like different choices, you know? Small um, changes. Small changes. Like, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's so, it's been so beautiful. Like my learning of love the last five years has truly been beautiful because it's been a lot of shorter cycles, right? I haven't jumped into these long relationships. It has been shorter, but I've been learning the small missteps from before and actually working on changing my defaults towards something better, a better version of myself, which is more fair to me and them. 100%. And partners. And yeah, for the listeners at home, I mean, look, I'm a heterosexual man and and uh, you're in a hetero relationship. So we're talking man, women. This applies to however it resonates for you. You know what I mean? But I can only speak from my experience as a heterosexual man interested in women, right? Like it's, I can speak from that, but I think we all get like this covers I relationships. Have so many LGBTQ clients yeah. because it's like, love is love. I don't yeah. give a fuck. I had one woman say, you're not at representing women of color. And I'm like, I, I'm not representing anybody. I'm saying we're they. Talking, yeah, we're talking like, about- There is no, there's no specifics. Love. Yeah. I was like, I love all of you. And it's like, and then the gays come to me. Well, what about this? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. She, he, they, I don't care. Yeah. It's basic human to human. If you're 18 and older and you're a human, go do whatever you want. Exactly. The fact that I even have to preface that yeah. is so sad, but yeah. I don't give a flying fuck, but stop- trying to self-isolate so that you yeah. don't have to listen it doesn't need to be tailored. I don't care where yeah. you identify. I don't give a flying fuck where you come from on the planet. This can work for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. And if someone's saying some things that I resonate with, but they're not talking directly to, you know, it's like, just make it apply to you how you apply. I can only speak from my experience. You know exactly. what I mean? I wouldn't want to speak you know, I don't date women, so it's going to be a struggle for me to talk about her doing this. When exactly, she is me. Exactly, I have no experience in that, so I can't tell you. But you know, make it apply how you apply. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Devin. I'm really. I'm going to keep listening to your pod. I I advise all you listeners out there struggling with dating to do the same. It's called Do the Work, and they can find you. On, that's your Instagram handle too, right? Yeah, do, do the, the work, work podcast. podcast. Um, and then Sabrina's at Zohar, just TikTok and Insta, and we'll then, we'll um, tag it all on the things. Yeah. You know, um. You're doing great stuff. I love it. Thanks, man. And, and we'll have you on Do The Work. Let's do it, man. Fuck yeah. Let's I'm, do the all, but let's do the other let's perspective. Do the, let's do the flip. And because you interviewed me on my podcast, <laughs> when I come on, I'm going to ask you all about your shit. I can't wait. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Evan.